so many things happening that to even begin to try to shape it into anything, mm-hmm. it's too overwhelming. Too over- and it's not that there's anything good or bad. It's just so many things. Just so many things. Like what? I mean, uh, aside just, from the it, obvious. This is, this is busyness every day. Yeah. Busyness. Strange panic attacks that have nothing to do with anything at all. Then mm. dissecting why that panic attack happening. Always coming back to, oh, it's because you're afraid of everything. Everything. You're just afraid of dying, being fired. People hating you, people not hating you, you hating you, which is why you think that everyone hates you. Then you hate yourself more because you need to stop hating yourself. And you didn't, you know, just uh-huh. a normal rigmarole. Right, right. So, I mean, anything in particular kind of triggering that? Or, I mean, have you noticed a pattern there? Or is it just everything's coming up panic? That's probably just the weather. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, I mean, that really does that really does have a lot to do with it. I think. I mean, it's been insanely wishy washy weather. It was like seventy something yesterday, dropped to thirty something today, and then it was like rainy, and then like a week before that, it was like snowing, and then it was super nice. That's like, oh, I know. I think my body's yeah, as confused as my mind. Yep. The same thing. The same thing has been happening here. Like, uh, you know, it was sixty two. On Monday, yesterday, uh, the world was covered in a half inch of ice. Uh, it's, you know, it was like 40 today. It's going to be about another quarter inch of ice tomorrow. Yeah. I mean, it's just back and forth, back and forth. So, yeah, you know, and, and the, the, the sad, the seasonal affective disorder. Okay. I mean, that does, that certainly does have a role to play, I think, for everybody. I know that, uh, you know, when I when I first talked to well, not when I first talked to a doctor, but when I most recently, as in like you know, twelve to thirteen years ago, uh, <laughs> talked talk to a doctor and, and I, said, "I thought you were going to say we." Yeah, no, no, oh, no. Yeah. Like twelve to thirteen years ago, when I was like, you know, sometimes I just get the weepies, I get the sads, and and it was you know, middle of the winter, gray, and uh, our friend Joy Moeller. I very poetically said that, you know, the sky was the same color as the concrete. I believe that the sky was the same color as the concrete that day. And I said, you know, I I just get the sads and I just don't feel so good. And the guy's like, well, you know, it could be seasonal affective disorder. But I I said, yeah, you know, it could. But I've, I've, I've always had the sads. He said, okay, here's some medicine. So, you know, and that's, and that's how I got back on my medicine 12 to 13 years ago. But yeah. And then that's how you get into rehab two years ago. <laughs> right, exactly. And it was it was heroin and cocaine and <laughs> nice speedball. It got it got you through the sads. <laughs> it, that, you know, I think that probably would get you through the sads and probably that's drop why. you in a whole new dumpster of sad. I don't think there's any other reason that people take drugs is, is to, to is yeah, to get rid of the sads. So or the happy, or, or the, too yeah. Happy. I mean, you, you, like, come God, let's take it down a notch, shall we? So, so nothing, nothing in, nothing in particular, other than the gray weather giving you the sads. I don't know. Probably. Yeah, so. Well, I hope so. I mean, I'm sure there can be any kind of trigger. It's just sure. I was talking with a friend uh, <laughs> the other day. We we're just generally chatting about getting older and always being anxious about. Uh, 
you know, like there's just this, there's no you know, loyalty in work. There's no yeah um, guarantees in anything. That's just life in general. He's like, yeah, you know, if you're not paranoid, you're not doing it right. I'm like, well, yeah, that's maybe true. I was like, there's no success without a little bit of paranoia. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, that could be true. <coughs> could very well be true. You know, that that actually makes me think of something that I've thought about on and off over the last year or two, um, you know, with the owning a small business and all that stuff. And I think about the generation before us. Well, actually, I think about our parents and um, their generation and where – you know, they all, they all, that was the generation where you got the gold watch after 30 years of service to, to one yeah. place. And, and surely there has to be, there and it was expected. Well, yeah, it was, yeah, exactly. Place. And, and I don't know whether it's just us and the industry that we're in, or I would love to know. Surely there's got to be somewhere where that still is a thing, you know? All I could think, of, and this is probably just an assumption, and not—I mean, this is not based on anything. All I can think is there are places that have strong unions. Yeah, yeah. Well, well and, I mean, and that's the that's first thing that kind of came into my mind is is auto workers and yeah, things like that. So, which would even, have strong and, unions. And, yeah, and there's there's hardly any of those anymore. True. Very very true. I mean, that's what the the whole gig economy kind of killed that to some degree yeah you know yeah well since you want to have a form of union we're going to outsource it and it's going to we're going to uber this thing and we're going to amazon this thing you know what i mean oh like, yeah yeah that's that's the way business is gone there's an interesting uh article i think it was in the atlantic that talked about the strange dichotomy of amazon's business expansion yeah, you know, like all these cities are vying to get yeah HQ two. Uh, uh, Kansas yeah. City was one of them, and they were in the running for a yeah. while, and then that petered out. Peter, they're talking about how like you know, Amazon has like warehouses all over the country. Yeah, and they bring in like thousands and thousands of jobs, mm-hmm. and like these economically. They usually go to economically needy places, you know, that need need the work, need the the jobs, and then they, they when you start breaking down into it, it's like they hired at just the right amount of money that it's not too much, but not enough to really live on very well. They never keep you on full full time. You're like thirty hours a week, and they promise all sorts of incentives that don't kick in until two years, but you almost always get fired before two years so it's like these comp these places it's factory work it's hard work it's stressful work it's all about numbers mm-hmm. you have to be quick and you have to get these numbers it's not about quantity it's not about quality and people get burnt out and they don't want to be there and, and so like these towns get a lot of people working there mm-hmm. amazon hires almost everyone there's not a whole lot of other choices the fact that they you're like, is just any job a good job? Yeah, yeah. Or does a, a good job entail a lot more than just the fact that you're employed? You know, like it's it's like that was like the broader question of like Amazon's perpetuating the the notion that any job is a job that's worth having, 
not just demanding that that job also be beneficial yeah. to you as well as the company. And then that got me down the spiral of like, yeah, it seems like that's the whole problem is the corporations like you're doing this for the benefit of us. We're not doing anything for the benefit of you. Yeah. Whether you, you as a user or you as an employee in terms of like, you know, we're collecting all this data, not because it's going to help you at all. It's going to help us. It's going to help us know how to make more money off of you. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, it's all this weird intertwined, and that's probably why unions are gone, because, again, they're not thinking about how it helps you. They're just thinking about what helps them. I mean, that's always been true, but it seems like it's just technology has enabled that to happen so much more passively and quickly. Yeah, without – yeah, yeah. Well, you know, and we have a, a huge – Amazon warehouse down south of your old neck of the woods down in Gardner, Kansas. I mean, it's just yeah. this gigantic. And, and so, yeah, so we'll have on the radio here, uh, radio ads for, you know, come in and get a job at, at Amazon warehouses there. And, yep. and I've always had to, to just assume that if you show up, you're going to get a job. You know, it yeah. just seems like one of those things, like it is such a revolving door that, I mean, they'll probably take as many people as come in to interview because, you know, God knows that half of those people that interview now in six weeks are going to be gone because they got in there and went, wow, huh? you know, not enough money to pay me to do this job. And then, and then, and then, like you're saying, you know, just kind of that turn and burn of the whole thing. So, yeah, I mean, that's a. But um, and then I, I think they flip side it with the, there's an older factory across the street in this town. I think it was somewhere in California that like it's the same kind of work except these people are in a union and they get forty dollars an hour compared to like twelve or whatever it is. Yeah. And the people that work there get promoted and they can afford a car and pay off their you know get a home and have loans and mortgages and all that stuff. It's just. I, I, like, how does one hold a corporation accountable to be good to its people? Well, um, that's, I mean, that's like the ultimate yeah, question. Well, I think, I think, you know, the, the easy answer, you know, the, the easy, you know, that's, that's fine for everyone question is, is you, is yeah. you hold them accountable with your dollars, but that only goes so far. It doesn't work with Amazon. No. Yeah. That only goes so far. Because they have a stranglehold on. Oh yeah, and on basically everything. everyone has to cater to the yeah. It's like yeah. everyone's trying to compete with Amazon's model, which is a really a bad thought. An idea, oh, it's terrible. An idea that will win. It's terrible, and it's and and I can tell you firsthand how that trickles down to people's perception about everything retail. Uh, you know, I mean, just like with my. Etsy store with my wife and I's Etsy store <clears throat> yeah, with uh, just, you know, selling vinyl decals that we make on the vinyl cutter, you know, like the little $200 you go buy it at the hobby store cutter. Uh, the expectations that people have and, I, and, and, and I'm painting with a pretty broad brush here, but you know, most most of most of our customers are really really nice and really great and really gracious if you know if we screw up or if the mail screws up or anything like that because they know it's just two people you know making stuff 
out of their house. But there are a ton of people, way more than I had ever thought that it and and Robin was my wife was the one that brought it up and she, and she you know totally called it. She said, "Well, this is this is part of the Amazon effect. Is just that you know people's expectations of what you get out of e commerce. Period is a little bit skewed now." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I mean, we've had, we've had some people just rip us up and down because you know we didn't basically prime it, you know, or yeah, 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 you know, or do in the case of you know since we have the since we have the warehouse here, some of the things we will get same day, and they and they show up, you know, just like almost like a Postmates kind of thing. It's just like some yeah. dude in a delivery car, you know, it's just his car and he just shows up and drops an Amazon box off at our house. Yeah. We have, we have prime now here, which is basically get it within a couple yeah. hours. And, and it is, and we and have, is, we have is like, it just guys in cars? Yeah. That's, yeah, that's yeah. what we have. They're using like an Uber model yeah. for delivery. Yeah. 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 Well, and that's the same, like it flip side, it, it get, again, it goes on to technology companies just doing covert things. Like, it's the Google effect too, where Google gave everyone the expectation that content is free. Like I should get my content for nothing. I don't need ads. I'll just read an article. I'll just be able to do it. Yeah. I don't have to pay for it. And, or Facebook. Like I should just, I'm just connecting with people and I give away a lot of my privacy and a lot of my rights for that, but that's fine. You know, like, these these very large corporations that you can't really fight against because they weave their way into the fabric of everything we do, that everyone then is competing with that new status quo. Unless you're really, really good. Yeah. At Because I was reading, uh, I've been taking these courses online for uh, UX stuff. Um, it's Don Norman's like he kind of helped start this uh, this school, the Interactive um, Design Foundation. Uh-huh. And anyway, there's one that was on the. Um, I was taking a course on this uh, psychology of online sales, and it was like you know the reciprocal effect is is a huge part of how to get people to be loyal to you, which is you give them something for free before you ask for anything from them. Like that might be a really good great way of getting forgiveness from people. So like I can't deliver something in a two, two days or I can't guarantee you the cheapest thing, but I can guarantee you something else like uh, good, good customer service, uh, surprise and delight, mm-hmm. like helpful information, free lifetime warranties or, you know what I mean? Like yeah. I think there's all sorts of ways for companies to, to be smarter than Amazon, rather than to be more efficient. Oh yeah, you. I, I don't. I don't think that anybody is ever. I mean, and, and anybody that would come and beat them at the efficiency game is just going to be larger and more Leviathan than they are. And before uh, they could even try to beat Amazon, would just buy them, probably. Oh yeah, yeah, exactly. And and who and who like that is going to show up overnight? Nobody, you know. Uh, but the interesting thing is like how those dominoes are falling like with Facebook per se, like in terms of like this behemoth that people try to take down. No one's ever gonna take them down except themselves. And now we're seeing how that's very possible with like Facebook believing that 
you know, the move fast, break things or whatever you want to uh-huh. say, or whether it's, uh, you know, we don't care about the users. We care about the technology and we're going to use AI for building smart ad, like, you know, all this brain power, all this technology. That's really all it's doing is creating money for them yeah, and exploiting people and how that put a nice piece of icing over this cake and say that it's, it's, you know, benevolent and good and everyone should like it. Then people come in and like, okay, well, we're going to keep that icing on it, but we're going to fill it with shit on the inside, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And now we're getting to see like, hey, just because it comes from Silicon Valley where there's a bunch of hippies and tech nerds doesn't mean that they don't create tools that are really harmful. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, it's, uh, an article I was That's reading this evening, it, you know, took it back to the 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 Jurassic Park uh, mentality. It's the you know they've made so many things because yeah they've made so many things because they could not necessarily mean yeah. that they should. So honestly, and, and and that article made me made me think of this question. So I, I I wonder what you think. Honestly, how long do you think before Facebook just kind of implodes? Because I I it ha- it's coming. It has to be coming. Feels like it, right? It does. I think tw- I think Twitter might explode. Oh yeah, no, no. I I guarantee I guarantee Twitter is going to implode within two years. My fear. yeah. I, I God, Facebook has what over a billion people. Yeah, I know. That's that's Again, the thing is the knows? pure the pure scale of Facebook is it feels like it's going to be like the you know two hundred foot tall giant that takes five minutes to fall down you know but then when it does it's just gonna leave a crater the best way to know is to i I mean i don't know i need to look at my history like try to find a is there anything in the past that was this kind of big well it's like it's like the big it's like the big banks well yeah ibm the big banks that were too big to fail you know i mean it's it's a perfect analog to those types of things i think the strange thing about did did IBM kill themselves or was it competition got smarter than them because they got arrogant? I don't know. Like I don't know because it, basically it was Apple came in, changed the game. It was too expensive. It yep. was too slow. It was too clunky. It wasn't business friendly. But they didn't realize that it was personal friendly. And then the whole all you know. It slowly over years and years and years and years created a whole new market and just started taking shares away. But because Microsoft took Apple's idea, yeah, dumped it down, made it for the masses and Windows kind of. But like in terms of, there's been so many people trying to compete with Facebook to be the next platform. Mm-hmm. I just can't see anyone on the horizon that would be the one that comes in as more benevolent than Facebook that sticks to the pure you know connection of family and friends and all that stuff that could come in and hit them while they're kind of down right now i don't see anything on the horizon yeah i because <clears throat> i mean i feel like there has to be a healthy alternative for people to jump to and if there isn't they're not going to yeah no i yeah and i i don't know I don't even know what. It's that not Instagram. Is. No, oh no. Well, no, because that's that's part of Facebook anyway. 
you know, and that's true. yeah, that's in- um, so this is really interesting. I feel like this is, oh gosh, that's a lot too. So, so as you were, as you were talking about IBM, I, I Googled, I, I typed in IBM history and you know how Google auto completes. So the very, yes. the very first thing that, so I typed in IBM history, the very first thing that it wanted to auto complete after that was IBM history Nazi. So then, so, so I, so I, I said, okay, let's go with that. <laughs> and it brings me to this article about IBM and the Holocaust. And there's a book, IBM and the Holocaust is a strategic alliance between Nazi Germany and America's most powerful corporation. It's a book by investigative journalist Edwin Black, which details the business dealings of the American-based multinational corporation, IBM, and its German and other European subsidiaries within the government of Adolf Hitler during the 30s and the years of World War II. I didn't know IBM existed. Well, apparently... International business machines. Yeah, international business machines. Oh, gosh. There's a whole lot of... A lot of things, and there are some press releases from IBM.com talking about the statement on the Nazi era book. Wow. Okay, I feel like I need to dive into that later. Let's let's take that out. Nazi. So take out the Nazi part. Um, history of IBM. Oh yeah, it's been it's been around since 1911. So there you go. Or, or actually, it got its origin in the 1880s. What? Yeah. I would not have guessed that. Yeah, 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 yeah. I guess typewriters. Have been Nine, it, for it, a while. it took the name. It took the name IBM in 1924. Hmm. So there you go. Huh. Well, see all the crazy things you you learn just by random googling. IBM and the Nazis. So there's yeah, something like, to look into. Some of the, those <clears throat> things that fall, though, it's like they're also they're also physical. They're so there's something to them, like uh, car manufacturer, like the American car manufacturers yeah. just dying. Like there's a lot of pretty easy signals to see how they collapse in terms of outsourcing too much of, of their process. Well, outsourcing uh, process, losing workers, or, yeah, or getting you know bad quality, cut off at the knees by competitors, you know. Um, but then, like with Facebook, I, it's well, it it it's, it's. I mean, it flies in the face of what's happening in the world today, anyway. It's like how much, how much are people willing to take of something bad before they do anything about it? Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, that's and 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 that's kind of where. Yeah, the the article that I saw about Facebook and about uh you know the and everything this evening and the 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 guy who shared it he was he was like, you know, maybe maybe we all just need to leave until they fix it. And so that's that's kind of what, you know, it's going to it's going to take some sort of a a serious, you know, seriously massive revolt against people before any of this even I think remotely begins to change and it's you know it's it's one of those things it's like the claws are in and people there's so many you know, I I can think of in the last 5 years so many times that I've wanted to 
just get rid of Facebook. Didn't even want yeah. to be around Facebook, but got to, you yep. know, oh, but I got to have Facebook for work because I, I'm. In, uh, I got to have Facebook because I have to log in. Yeah, I have to log in. Yeah, I, I have to log in 12 million different places and it's tied into to my Facebook account. And yep. I'm the administrator of all these pages that if, you know, if I didn't have a Facebook account, then I wouldn't be able to do these things for my job. And. Or I can't remember these people's uh, birthday yeah. or their contact information. Right. Or it's the way we can chat quickly because I don't have their phone number. And yep, they're not on LinkedIn and they're not on Twitter and or whatever. You know, right. yeah, it's it, it it like you said. I think it's a they have successfully created a not to be. I wish I could find a better word in a web because that's so on the nose. But <laughs> wow, I see what you did they there. Just, yeah, they just have tangled everyone into it, which is it's just smart. I mean, it's brilliant on their part. It's the problem is that leaving it, also, they still have all of our information. They know so much oh, about Oh, yeah, everybody. and that's not going away even if you deleted your account. No, and, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, I mean, how many years now have, has the trope gone on about to so many people, Facebook is the Internet? Absolutely yeah. is the internet. And I, and, and even, you know, I, I got a, I got a text from my sister like last week and it asked, you know, does it drive you nuts as much as it does when mom refers to Facebook as emails? I mean, you know, so I mean, it's even gotten to the point that, you know, my mom doesn't even, well, my mom doesn't know the, the difference between a whole lot of things on the internet anyway, but Facebook and email is, it's the same thing, <laughs> you know. So, yeah. I don't know where we're going with anything. I have no idea. Yeah, I don't know. It, I mean, it does tie a little bit into what we were uh, – I think you had read. Right. It, it uh, actually does It actually does go into something – yeah, what we had actually planned on talking about. Yeah. It actually does have a little bit of something to do with that. So, yeah, I mean, tee, tee that up if you would like. Yeah, uh, I'm sure it's made the rounds for anyone who's listening at this point, but Mike Montero wrote up. He's called uh, – Oh no! I forgot it's called. <laughs> it, it, it's called Designs Lost Generation. I have it up right yeah. here. Yeah, yeah, <clears throat> and it touches on a lot of stuff. Some of it I agree with, some of it don't. Generally, I know his basis of thinking is Twitter. He hates Twitter so much. He hates it so fucking much. But basically, like you know, designers have abdicated their will, their power, their say uh, to the will of everyone above them. Whether it's based on fear, I got to keep my job. I don't want to lose my job. Saying no means I'm going to lose that job. Or in uh, with the trade-off of you're making a great thing, it's innovative, it's cool, without thinking about its effects on others in terms of how you're manipulating them, whatever it might be. And that's how we've created the situations that we're in now, where we're, ta- we're just talking about with with Facebook and its dilemmas, or in the past, Uber and its covert data collection that no one knew about and all that stuff that it should be in within the power of designers who are creating these interfaces and this these engines that drive so many things no pun intended with uber um <laughs> that that it's within our power to say no and i'm reading that being like true but also not true <laughs> like yeah 
It's tough because it, I mean, this officer. I mean, he's right. It's it's it is within her power to be like, no, I'm not going to do that. But I think there's also a plenty of good reason to be like, you're going to lose your job. Yeah. And there's not always a possibility you're going to find another one. Yep. Well, I mean, I mean and, it's easy to say. Yeah. I don't know. No, I, I, maybe that's because I'm old. Well, yeah. Well, no, it's. Not, I don't think it's. I mean, it is the root of the article. I, you know, he he talks at length about how so many of us just don't do. Uh, and, and I mean, I'm not going to get up on the soapbox like this and say, you know, you, you're either doing the right thing or the wrong thing, because I mean, it really yeah. is that black and right. white in, in this article. And right. And yeah, I mean, yeah, I think that's part of it too, is he's picking on things that are clearly wrong. Right. And there's so many daily decisions that aren't, aren't that like, is it wrong to create a product that makes money for a company? Yeah. Is that wrong? Yeah. I mean, it, it, there's, there's kind of, yeah, it's, it's like the, the line in the sand that is drawn in, in this article is so strong that it's like every single design decision that you make is an ethical choice that you must either, you know, be on the right side of history or not. And it, I mean, it, it does kind of amount to that. And I don't, that I don't agree with because I because yeah not every single design decision that I make is is that weighty you know right and and yes. and and I and I know for a fact that if I came into some of these examples that are as strong as they are yeah there are, there are a few things that I probably you know would have the balls to go you know what no I'm gonna I'm not gonna do that uh, you know I I had a guy well I I had a guy get a hold of me and said, you know, hey, I I would I need to have a website. Okay, sounds great. Have you ever seen InfoWars? I would like to have a website like that. I said, <laughs> no, no, thank you. I'm not the guy for that. Right. So, you know, I mean, that's, that's uh, you know, <laughs> I, I right, feel fine like, not making that money. But, right. I mean. And that's a, that's a clearly easy personal. That's an easy like, one to I make. I think he's going after. He's going after what he considers universal wrongs, not individually based either belief right. belief systems. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. Where it's like saying it's blatantly obvious that collecting people's data without their knowledge and using it to you know exploit uh you know their I can't remember what Uber did exactly now. Oh, the, the grave, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, whatever it's called. Yeah. But yeah, like some of that's pretty clearly wrong. But I bet up to that point, it was, it there was pretty easy justifications for it. It's like, well, we're using this data to, you know, better provide a service. Mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of that, if you're in the dark, like how, how does a designer get access to information they just can't get access to? You can't know the minds of your executives if you're not an executive. Right. You could be told what what's being done and make a product that you don't know its actual end result. That happens. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I found it intriguing, but just complicated, way beyond. And I would assume most people understood that. But, like, I just started going down this checklist of... Uh, <laughs> 
it really depends on what you define as being good and bad for one. Mm -hmm. Uh, it depends a lot upon how much power you actually do have in the role that you have. Um, if you're a freelancer, you might have a little bit more power just because it's up to you to say yes or no to even having a client. But if you work for a company, is it wrong to, to compromise because you want to have a job? Yeah. And to what point is it okay? And at what point is it stopping? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's one, it's, and I don't know. I mean, I mean that's, I mean, that, that ties oddly and he didn't do this in the article that oddly ties into the whole me too movement as well. Yeah. Oh, what? Okay. Yeah. Think well, about women, women would allow those things to happen because they are afraid of losing their jobs if they didn't. Yeah. True. If they said true. anything, all of them, it ties in completely. Hmm. So designers are no different. Nobody, anybody, literally, it doesn't matter your, your job title. Everyone is weighing their options of, should I do this? Is it worth keeping my job over this, or losing my job over this? That's everybody. Yeah. 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 And, and what I guess, you know, as, as I, as I <clears throat> looked at it, you know, the, the, the call here is, is you, I mean, you know, it's it's obviously a see something, say something type of thing, which I I agree yeah. with that type of deal. But it, you know, oh, I see something shitty and shady. I, you know, what you know what? I'm just gonna I I keep a box underneath my desk and I'm just gonna clean it out and leave right now. I mean, that's kind of yeah. that's kind of the call to action here. And so I I think yeah. I think that that. While philosophically is is righteous and good, is not realistic for ninety percent of anybody reading this. Now, you know, do do you hear? Hey, that's a really shitty thing that my company that I work for wants to do. You know what? I'm going to start paper in the town with resumes right away. That's yeah. one thing, <laughs> you know, and that's and that's the more realistic thing. And I think that's the thing that most people would would take. Yeah, it's it. I think it's a worthwhile discussion. I think everyone should read it if they haven't, mm -hmm. and don't just don't take it just from a purely designer standpoint. That's just his yeah. World. I mean, it's just it's it's I think ethical it's, choices. Period. So, like, I was thinking about. Let's say that you're a young entrepreneur. You want to disrupt the fast food industry. You've seen a lot of technology in terms of robotics and artificial intelligence. You're like, I'm going to make an entire kitchen that's run by robots, individual robots that do individual do the fryer, make the burgers, you know, time all of that through robots. And then people come in and they interact with the touch screen that brings their orders. It goes through a conveyor system of these robots, delivers your order. Like you get rid of human interaction altogether. It's innovative, it's clean, it's efficient, it's 24 hours. You know, it, it's small, it doesn't make a footprint much of anything. Like, all these things that are disruptive and cool and sound great. But then you think about the side effects. How many, how many companies are going to look at that and employ it? Like McDonald's. Oh, you mean we could cut our staff by half? Yeah. Think of all the jobs that get lost that aren't going to get replaced because that is the uh, maybe not the greatest bedrock, but it is a bedrock of of 
starting out jobs and in between jobs and stuff like that. Like, yeah, there's these long forecasts of be careful. Again, like you said, like the Jurassic park thing, just because you should do it doesn't mean you ought to. And we're fully just going, Nope, don't fucking yeah, care. We are we're just doing it because we, we are balls to the wall on the, yeah. Like, this is cool. Let's try this. Let's do this. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, it's and quite, and quite literally. I, I, do you think Jurassic Park, boy, quite literally, we create these monsters. Quite literally. Wow. Right? Yeah. That's what, do you think Jurassic Park was, you think he was making a metaphor? God. Did, I don't probably. know. Do you? I'm stupid enough. Like, because it was literally, literally about science and all that yeah. stuff. But, like, you think about it metaphorically, it's, it's technology like when period. we abandon, where we abandon the the moral question of should we do this we create monsters mm-hmm. yeah that is true <laughs> monsters that monsters that loose from the grip of our control and take on a life yep. of their own yep 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 quite literally wow damn damn <laughs> and how long did it take us to figure out that that's what Jurassic Park was all about <laughs> that's pretty sad that we figured that out <laughs> I'm like, oh shit! <laughs> it's okay. We just thought of it as a dinosaur. Yeah, yeah it's okay. It's awesome. I, I, I was a sucker too. I, I didn't get it until now. Wow. Of course, he had a lawyer. Of course. Of course, of course, it was. Of course, it was. You know, on the other side of this article, that kind of brings us full circle to the beginning of our conversations. Is the whole thing, the whole article starts with yeah. him asking about whether or not licensing. Yeah. And to, I mean, which to some point you could kind of extend that to unions and things like that, whether or not yep. something like that should exist for the design profession. Yeah, uh, that's been talked about for. I know it's been talked about I mean, for a long you time. You and I are old. I think he's our age. He's probably he's older, older than, than us. Maybe. Yeah, but yeah, I mean that's been. I think he talked about the AIGA briefly, right? Yeah, like that was that was kind. Yeah, I mean, that paid. that was a, that was the closest that anybody got. You got no. I don't. I don't know. That I got any benefit from being a. Member. No, I know. I, I didn't get any of that type of benefit from being a member. There, I know. Oh. There's also some sort of a. There's some sort art of director's a, club. Huh? No, art no. There's there's uh, like an illustrators guild or something like that. I mean, there is uh, sort of a union. For a certain, yeah, I think you're right. But yeah. Well, you think about like it can happen in creative industry i think about hollywood how they created screen actors mm-hmm. guild the screenwriters guild yeah all those things and like the penalties if you don't have those people unionized and all that stuff yeah. like so it's possible for something that is quote unquote creative to have unions that powerfully help help people right like i know plenty of people out in la who that you that screen actors guild working on a project that has a union they get benefits they can live for a year because they get it for a full year yeah like so that that helps them survive and in an industry in a in an industry that is temporary right for my, most you know? yeah so that they're 
the knowledge that knowing that this isn't permanent isn't frightening because if you work on a project, you're a part of this collective. Yeah. Which is, is what yeah. unions you know, you get, you get yeah, you get one gig a year, then it helps you. Yeah. It, you know, you're good for, for those benefits and things. Yeah. You know, but the, 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 the tack that he's taking here, though, as far as licensing, I mean, it's like ethical licensing. So it's like it's like a bar, you know, a bar uh, membership. Uh, you know, yeah. a lawyer. You know, you as as yeah. a member of the bar, you are license bound to yeah. this code of ethics, and yes. you know, if you yeah, he was yeah. thinking about it from that right. From and if that, you you know, you're a qualified designer, meaning that you yeah, you get disbarred for you know breaking those codes of ethics, and yeah, which um. I mean, again, philosophically, yeah, okay. I, you know, I'm for that. I think that I think that sounds good. How that works out is so, you know, today is so so dirty and so and so murky and so hard to 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 see that you know, yeah, you know, philosophically, it's a fantastic idea, but just practically. Um, we're not there yet. Absolutely. Right. Like who reviews everyone's work? Yeah. When they're well, in the guild, who are these, how are these people elected, chosen? It starts to get real gray. Yeah. And muddy, like you said, yeah. like there's good politics involved. Well, why is this person? They're only care about this kind of stuff. They're overlooking this. They're pushing an agenda of yeah. their ethics. They're trying to tell us how to be ethical or, yeah, it gets real murky. And on the school, he talks about schools too. Like, we need to have better, which I agree with. We need a better schooling system. Yeah. Uh, that maybe that dictates the licensing in terms of you went to a, a qualified school. Right. But again, that that entire, you have to change the whole university system. Yeah. Well, you know, and, and here's, here's, well, here's an interesting question from the article based on that, because uh, he's talking about, uh, you know, a design teacher at an art school, and then his his parenthetical is why design is taught in art schools is worth another ten thousand words. But I'll save it for later. Yeah. Okay, well, if you don't teach design in art school, where do you teach it? Do you teach it in its own school? Is it a yeah. separate discipline? Is you know, or is it? Or yeah, is it more? I think that's what he's trying to say is that it's it's part marketing, it's part technology, it's part art. It's part psychology. Mm-hmm. I think he was talking about UX specifically in terms of it's the new, right? The new shit, you know. Yeah, uh, and it's multidisciplinarian. Yeah, and it's kind of grown without a scope. Right, right. Like it's 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 it, it has grown out of the necessity of the industry, the technology world, in terms of like, well, we have interfaces, we have data collection. We have user profiles and user paths, and yeah, how could all of these things be managed into a aesthetic that helps use data to analyze people's interactions to help push for better data and better results and better metrics to create a better product mm-hmm. which design always was that, but now we have so many more tools all these tools that came about, whether, you know, getting people's emotional 
feedback on how they feel about something, getting their actual time spent, links clicked, you know, A-B testing tools. Like, well, this color button did this much better. Like, you couldn't do that with a brochure. Right. It's the cost prohibitive for one. (laughs) Or a commercial or TV or anything. Like, so it's grown out of the necessity of an industry that has built these tools that you have to kind of take into account to design around and for. Yeah. I believe that's his, I think that's where he's coming from. Like schools are not equipping designers with thinking about these things. You're just thrown into it and learning the tools and trying to fit your design thinking in with it. Yeah. And you don't think about what this could mean. Yeah. I think that's probably what he's getting at. Well, it is it is what he's getting at and it's it's well, honestly, it's what uh it's the type of thinking and the type of questions that mule design has now flipped its business model and that's yeah. what they do. Yeah, he's just I mean, he's become an activist. Well, he's yeah, they they've completely get uh, I mean, uh, full disclosure, I actually was emailing him about this last week. Um, Oh, nice. They have completely gotten out of the actual hands-on world of design. And they do nothing but workshops now. And that's his, that was his way of saying, no, I'm not going to keep working for these things. I'm going to do that. And that was, yeah, that was his way of doing that. Because then we would be all workshops and consultants to nobody. Right. That, yeah. And that, yeah, that is, that is, yeah, that kind of is his way of, of saying no. Um, you know, yeah. So my way of saying no is to know, you know, now turn around and educate the people. And yeah. Yeah. We, uh, hmm. we talked about it this week in our, uh, I have five or sorry, four people that, uh, work for with, I don't like saying with. work for me, work with me. Yeah. <clears throat> um, we talked about this article. It was interesting because they're all, 10 or more years younger than I am. And they, they just thought it was kind of laughable that there'd become some sort of licensing. But like, how would that even happen? I'm like, I don't know. It's been something that <laughs> it's, it's something we've been talking about, about forever. forever. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's everyone's tried. Everyone's thought they had it. And the problem is that there's no one. It just takes like one person to say, this is what we're doing. And I was like, okay, like people are, you know, and Mike yeah, could be, it's, and it's, Mike it's could biased. be the person to do it. Could be, yeah. I mean, quite honestly, I think it has to happen on the, has to spread throughout programs. Oh, sure. Um, but, uh, tough, but boy, I tell you what, if 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 there's anybody that I can think of that would make it happen, I think it's him. Yeah, it has to be people that people look up to as a superstar. Yeah. But you think about all the things that, like, there's so many designers that probably don't even know who he is. Oh yeah, they're they're so at, they're they're yeah. I mean, if you are outside, if you're outside of a tiny group of interactive designers that also heavily Venn diagram overlap with people who were on Twitter pre 2015, yeah. 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 Um, then you yeah. know, then you know who Mike Montero is. Otherwise, or if you were, or, a or if you're a gun bird. owner that got shut down on Facebook, 
Yeah. <laughs> then you really know who Mike Montero is. Or it's like you're like us, like you're a late, late 2000, the early aughts, South by Southwest yeah. goer. Yeah. Yeah. Going to yeah. battle decks. I mean, that's, exactly I mean that's that honestly is how I've, I I yep. I knew I knew of Mike but that's, how, that's how that's that's how I really got to know Mike was through Battle Decks and yep. then I and then I ran into him like two nights later at a happy cog party yes. and that and yep. that was that was I it I remember that I remember yeah. that so good old Greg story yeah oh greg that's Greg. somebody else that I haven't talked to for a while that I need to this path with. is very interesting to me. Oh, yes, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. We should get him on. We should just chat to him. I love yeah, Greg. we should. I love Greg. And you know what? I bet he would do it. I honestly yeah, bet he would He's been on my show. It. He's been on your show. Yep, yep, yep. You're a cocktail napkin. He was on Cocktail Yeah, he was on Cocktail Napkin. Yeah. 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 He he's was now in, with uh, the Armed Forces, right? Like um, recruitment? Is, is he now? Or he, he was, was at he, IBM. He was at IBM. I think he's now some recruiting. On. Yeah, and that's and that's really recent. Yes, yeah, it's fascinating to me. I'm like, wow, that's it is fascinating. Thing. Yeah, it's absolutely fascinating. So here's a left. Okay, here's a here's a hard left turn. Yeah. Um, going back actually to the idea of brochures and print media and things that you were saying were not <laughs> were not feasible. <clears throat> Testable. Yeah. Uh, well, so, have you seen the Oatmeal's new card game? You've got crabs. No, I've. So they did another one after. Exploding so Kittens. yeah, so Exploding Kittens. They 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 came out with a new game called You've Got Crabs, and they were announcing it as a Kickstarter, but then they announced it to say we don't need a Kickstarter; it's just available now. But if you kickstarted. Exploding Kittens, you got an early chance to buy a copy of this new game, You've Got Crabs. So uh, a guy at the, at the office that I'm, that I'm contracting with right now bought an early copy of You've Got Crabs, and it, and it showed up today, and it was in this great, you know, great just regular brown box, but the tape said You've Got Crabs all over it, and he opened it up, and, you know, and, and the packaging is beautiful and wonderful. But the thing that I love about it was at on the packing slip on the inside of the box it had an oatmeal cartoon and the whole thing was just riddled with variable data points so it was like the the first thing was you know like the, the fat nondescript blobby oatmeal looking you know the guy that's in all the oatmeal yeah. things yeah it's like yeah. hey aaron i hate to tell you You've got crabs, and then and then it's a, and 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 you've got a lot of them. In fact, and then like the next the next panel was a truck showing up, and it had it had the address of where we were, yeah. like a street sign. You know, had the right street, and it had the address, and 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 it just had it just kept, and it was this completely personalized, you know, yet completely form cartoon, but. It, it just it I don't know it we were all very impressed by it yeah and because it looked really cool it was a great personal touch and uh, you know while yeah there's a uh, yeah there's a service that we use called Lob that takes variable data that you have on people and you create print campaigns around it so it's like 
if this person hasn't done this in a while, send this postcard with this personalization about their name or some other stuff. Like you have sort of data points that fill in to create this custom flow. Yeah. Like that's, uh, there's still possibilities, like, but you don't know, do people throw it away? Do they read it at all? Like, yeah. cause you can, you know that with the emails and you know that with people visiting your website. Sure. You know how long they stay, you know what they do, mm-hmm. you know that they don't click on anything, but like, get, like, see that was my point. Like a brochure doesn't have any kind of longevity that you can be like, let's follow up again on this and let's ask them. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, it I, still is fascinating though to, that there is ways to, well, the thing kind I, of Bridget. Yeah, the thing that was really most fascinating about it was really not so much. Must have been because of the Kickstarter. They must have known enough about you from Kickstarter. Well, well, yeah. Well, I mean, it was on the packing slip, so everything that was being filled into the cartoon was everything that was on the packing slip. Anyway, uh-huh. you know, it's the dude's names, the address it's being shipped to, yeah. et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You know, none of that. None of that was groundbreaking or anything. But it was just the fact that it was. It was the fact that it was on the packing slip. You yeah. know, it was like this cool, you know, because packing, th- there is nothing exciting about a packing That's slip. No. And and the the entire top half of the eight by eight and a half by 11 page was this cartoon yeah. that, you know, here's all this cool stuff. And then, you know, down at the bottom, here's the, oh, you know, here you received, you know, one set of you've got crabs and here's what you paid for it, et cetera. It reminds me of what the Cards Against Humanity guys do, like with their campaigns did you did you do that no they where you give them like 15 dollars and it's like you get i think it's like seven or something of these weekly yeah random you don't know what's going to be and this was like we bought some land there was this map and there's stickers and yeah. extra cards to add to cards against humanity and then they you know, bought the naming rights to a stadium. They then you got free tickets to go to the game, and they just got doing all these things. Where in terms of like it's disrupting a physical media. Yeah, yeah. No, Cards Against Humanity is is I you know I've I've played it, but I've I've never I've never bought a never bought a set because it's, I mean let's just be honest. I don't know who the hell I would play it with. Yeah. You know, um and so we're and so it's just it's just outside of my realm, but one of these days when I do buy it, I'm gonna buy the big black box. Yeah. And yeah. Um But yeah, there's there's plenty of uh good disruption. Yeah. For the sake of delight rather than just doing it because you can. That's right. Which you do it because you should but also because you could. Yeah. Right. That's you one can. to grow on. That's one to grow on. Oh, there's plenty of tools out there that can make things good for mutual benefits. It's not bad. You know, you can learn something about somebody and also help them mm-hmm. with an interesting experience. Yeah. Or, delight like hey the world is on fire uh we're all gonna die but here's some funny stuff to make you laugh for a little bit that's a, that's yeah. exactly what you, we've got crap you've got crabs is doing exactly <laughs> so here you go enjoy while the while the titanic sinks around you <laughs> listen to this beautiful music as we sink together mm-hmm. 
So where do we end this today? How do how do we how, <laughs> do, we, how we do we were... leave this? <laughs> we cried. We we learned. We did. No, we didn't. <laughs> Everyone has homework. Learn about IBM. Yes, learn learn about IBM and the Nazis. I think we all have some homework there. <laughs> uh, you know, it's it it certainly is. All of it is a, is a conversation worth continuing to have. Um, I don't yeah. know that we're necessarily the the people who are most qualified to continue that conversation, but uh, happy to help start it in whatever way we can. Um, gosh, I don't know. We need ideas on what to talk about. I think I think people need yeah. to. We will keep. Uh, we'll yeah, keep we can rambling, keep on rambling, sure. but I, I think that. Uh, ideas from the public would be would be helpful how how yeah i think that'll yeah. come with time we have to get consistently well yeah i mean for I for one thing we need to stop falling asleep early in the evenings yeah, well and uh that'll that will take care of itself hello hello oh there you are did did you hear any of what i said Yes, I did. Okay. Well, then all of the things I said. And, um, and yeah. Good. Okay. And Oopaloopas. Loopas.